Chris Gast, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. For this month, uh, January's podcast, we interviewed Pastor Sam Waters, the very recently retired Pastor Sam Waters, I think just two weeks retired, uh, from Living Word Church in Plymouth, Michigan. Here's our interview. Okay, so we're talking with the very recently retired Pastor Sam Waters of Living Word Church. Uh, Pastor Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your former church. All right. Well, I'm, um, I'm a second career pastor. Uh, I uh, worked for close to 25 years for uh, an automotive supplier uh, in, uh, as, as a director and a plant manager. And um, nine years ago, or, or uh, I guess about 11 years ago, I entered the seminary. And um, uh, as a specific ministry pastor for that specific church, and um, we are a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod. Um, we we're you know a small a smaller body. We we ended up with about sixty people in worship on Sunday, but a very active church, a very active church in the areas, particularly in reaching out to seniors, um, which brought me close to the issue of life. Um, I believe seniors are, are uh, almost a forgotten segment in our society. Um, there's a tendency in our culture to, to warehouse people. Um, or at a certain age, we decide that they, um, that they haven't got as much to offer. And I really fashioned a lot of what we did at the church after the scripture um, with Simeon. And in fact, we opened a, a senior adult day center called Simeon's Rest. And... Um, it is key to, you know, in Simeon, we believe he was an older gentleman that, um, that spent his whole lifetime in, in the temple um, waiting, for, waiting for God to, uh, to move and use him to recognize the Savior. Um, and the point I see in that is that even at an older age, Simeon had a purpose that God, had, God was using him specifically for. And um, that is... Um, I believe indicative of, of what we should as seniors be prepared to uh, even at the end of our lives, be prepared that God has a plan for us. He has us in motion for a purpose. And, um, and, and that brought me close to the idea of, um, of euthanasia, the assisted suicide movement in our country. And um, that sort of branched out into embracing uh, the right to life program um, they opened a new chapter in Plymouth, Michigan, and uh, as soon as they opened, um, I met with the with the president there, and we we told them the church is now your home base. Uh, this is your headquarters. Use it for all your meetings, trainings, uh, whatever you like. Um, and they certainly did that, and it's been a wonderful uh, partnership uh, with Right to Life as we've really reached a point where we're trying to educate. Um, not just my congregation, but the community at, at large. So yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about end of life issues uh, in, a, in a minute. Uh, but first, yeah. I thought it'd be great to ask you just why are you pro-life? Why am I pro-life? Well, I am pro-life 
for the, the, the scripture leaves us with no other option, in my opinion, to, to be other than to be pro-life. Everything in the church that we talk about, we use the language of life. We're born again. We, we, you know, we're assured of eternal life. Uh, we talk about creator God. Uh, we talk about the father. We talk about the son. We talk about adoption. Um, those are all the words that we use in the church. Scripture leaves us with no other choice but to see God as the person who creates life, um, values life so much that he sent his son to die for that life. So, you know, as a pastor and, and before I went into the, into the pastor, life is, is the foundation of everything God did in, in creating um, the world and, and all that we see and breathe and know in that he created life and he continues to give us life. You know, if, if um, in, in, in and through our baptism, we, you know, we're born again. These are words that have great significance. We've just celebrated Christmas. And as, as we go through the, the um, lectionary, we also speak not just about the birth of Christ, but the conception of Christ. That moment of conception when life begins, we, we see it in the way the Holy Spirit came over Mary. And this is part of the narrative that when we speak of, of Christ becoming man. Uh, we also speak about his conception. So I think life is so important and so integral to being a Christian that um, we, we really have no other choice. So next month, uh, January 17th, is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And this January will mark 48 years of legalized abortion and the deaths of more than 60 million unborn children. Uh, how should the, the church in general uh, approach this January and, and, you know, really every day in light of these realities? The church has a special um, mission in regards to life. First off, I, in, in everything in our culture, you know, our kids go to school, they have um, uh, Planned Parenthood uh, clubs that meet on campus. Um, our society is inundated with the idea that, that uh, um, abortion is legal, so it must be okay. And in fact, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, the, uh, we, we don't want to get involved in um, standing against Roe v. Wade because it's the law of the land and we shouldn't be telling people what to do with their own body. God has already told us what to do. The government is, is told us we could do something different. And I think we, we need to make sure that we formulate the defense for life in a way that is easy for our, for our church members to be able to go into their vocations and share that aspect. So I think from the church's perspective, uh, one of education is, is necessary. Uh, I think pastors should, should uh, not just limit their, their discussion on life to life Sundays. I think it's something that uh, because of the language of the church, it's something that we can bring into our messages and our teachings um, quite comfortably. So that when our, our members are standing around the water cooler at work and life issues come up, they're able to discuss it in a normal, um, non-confrontational, loving way, explaining why uh, 
the idea of abortion, of taking a life, is a sin and is morally wrong. In every culture that's ever existed, the idea of killing your children um, has always been abhorrent. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, your Simeon outreach and kind of for a church that maybe hasn't even thought of this whole realm of issues involving euthanasia and end of life issues? Because, you know, it, there's so many lives lost to abortion and it's good we focus on abortion, but, um, you know, we're all going to be facing these euthanasia and end of life issues as well. So kind of what would you tell a church that hasn't even thought of maybe things that they can do to really address this issue? I, I've had a real challenge with this particular issue. Um, I have a lot of medical people in, in the congregation. And we're very sensitive when we talk about abortion to make sure that, that um, if somebody in the congregation has been involved in an abortion, has uh, partaken or assisted in somebody getting an abortion, that we speak about forgiveness. I think we need to be equally as sensitive when we talk about euthanasia. And um, is the idea that for, their, for our people who are involved in the medical aspect of it, nurses and doctors, technicians, who maybe have assisted um, in, in assisted suicide, euthanasia, they, that they understand there is forgiveness. You know, I, we're, we're in a culture that, that normalizes it. So, um, we, we, we tend to just go along without thinking about the implications. And uh, I had one, one wonderful nurse uh, leave the church because I spoke against euthanasia. And uh, her answer was, we have a protocol. We have a way of, you know, we have a protocol. And this, the protocol really is the death panel that we talked about when we socialized medicine or moved to socialized medicine in America. So, the protocol is, is a way of letting the people who are involved in it think that they are, they are doing something kind and legal, when in fact, um, we're robbing our culture of our ability to do one of the things in, the, in, in God's commandments. In the fourth commandment, we're told to respect our, our, our parents. Um, seniors tell me that, oh, I don't want to be a burden. You know, I'm sick and I'm dying and I don't want to be a burden. Well, I tell them they should plan to be a burden. It's an obligation to be a burden. It gives the children an opportunity to fulfill the fourth commandment of honoring the parents. Um, there's a reason that that's the first one after, you know, our, our, the Ten Commandments are broken into two tables. The first three have to do with God, the last seven with how we interact with each other. And it starts off with, the family unit and caring for our parents. So I think there's an obligation that we need to educate our people in our church that this is how we live out the fourth commandment, caring for the elderly. Um, we demonstrate it then to our children. I love it when I had a neighbor that brought their mother into their home and she, she passed away in the home. But the lessons they taught their children as they went through that uh, was really the fulfillment of that fourth commandment. Yeah, it, it is important for people to really realize that though, uh, you know, in Michigan, euthanasia or assisted suicide uh, might not be legal as it is in some states, there are a lot of situations that, and we get a lot of calls about it from, from people who have their, 
who necess- don't necessarily want to uh, die right now, or they still want to take a chance on treatment and aren't even uh, given the opportunity, sometimes directly against their, uh, you know, written down wishes and family. Yeah. And it's just such a, such a hard situation to deal with. Um, so would you say that the church is really kind of asleep at the switch on this issue? Or would you say that, you know, there's some churches are starting to realize that this needs to be a greater focus? I think the churches need to realize that they have to increase their focus on all of life, all of life issues, the abortion issue, you know, the church is sort of, you, you see moments where they wake up and, and they're, uh, um, they, they're promoted, promoting actively um, the issue of life. Um, and then when we do that, we, we, we tend to focus narrowly on the abortion issue. The euthanasia issue is a sleeping giant that is waking up across this country and it is going to be it's going to be extremely difficult to drive that back out of our culture. Um, so I, I think the church has been asleep on the issue of euthanasia. Um, I, I think it, you know, we, we have this tendency to put people in, in categories. Um, and at a certain point we look at seniors and say, well, you know, the quality of life isn't there. Um, we have to open our eyes that all life matters. And, you know, we have, we have the ability as humans actually to, to um, remove a life. We just close our eyes. And what was before us is gone until we open our eyes and focus again. And, and Lutherans for Life has, a, has this program a few years back about the eyes of life. And I was at one of the marches in DC and and we held up the posters with eyes of life. And um, we, we had the, on the poster, a baby, but we also had one where the baby was held by a senior, the, 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 you know, the gnarled hands of a senior. And really that's the totality of how we're, our eyes should be open, not just to the infant in the womb, but to the people who may be approaching the end of their lives. But, God so loved the world. And in Isaiah, he speaks directly about, um, in Isaiah 46, it says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made you, I will bear, I will carry, and I will save. And this is womb to tomb kind of stuff, but that's what the promise that God has given to us. What interferes with that is Satan, the, you know, the, 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 through his work, death became part of our problem as humans. And he continues to try to normalize that in our culture. God's plan is from conception to whenever he calls us home. He is the one that controls life. So I want to take a second just to thank you and your church for being that sort of home base for uh, our local Right to Life affiliate there. Um, A lot of people don't realize that, you know, we have affiliates all over the state and uh, especially when they're just getting started or they're in a smaller rural area, they don't necessarily have the money to afford to rent an office space or somewhere to meet. 
Uh, and they often have to rely on places like uh, churches in order to be able to organize and do that. So thank you for that. Um, has it benefited your church in any way? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Life Change Sunday, uh, we started out with like 15 people. The last time we did it, we had uh, close to 60 people from many different churches. And and it's, it's a matter of, um, if I could say pride, the fact that so many different denominations and congregations come to our church to stand in front of our church, um, you know, lifting up and reminding people about the lives have been lost to abortion. Um, and, and there's a sense about our church that while we were small, um, we've had significant impact and we've helped other churches realize that um, uh, there's a place where they can gather and the church should be it. It's a, uh, it's fun to walk up and down and listen to people talk about, well, my pastor supports life. He encourages us to come out here and do this. And it's very sad to hear other people say, I wish my pastor would. Mm. And if I could encourage anything in this conversation, if you go to a church where your pastor is speaking out for life, encourage them. If you are pro-life and you are sitting with a pastor who does not do that, if you cannot encourage him to do that, get up and leave. There's too many times when people leave a church because the pastor's speaking about life to go sit beside people who are pro-life, but want to listen to a pastor who won't speak about it. It's Our church has been a place where we've encouraged people to go back and encourage their pastors. And we've had wonderful news brought back about that. So, yes, I think it's impacted our church because we know that we're on this mission of life and we're going to continue that way. So maybe there's a pastor that's listening that, uh, you know, wants to talk about abortion more, wants to commit to it more, but it's maybe kind of uh, struggling to, you know, how does that play out for me? What do I need to do? What are the next steps? What advice would you give that pastor? Speak out. Speak out. There's, there's people in the congregation um, that are hurting because they have been involved in either abortion or euthanasia. They are silent. Your speaking out allows the Holy Spirit to stir in them to come forth for, for confession. You know, we, we, our culture wants to make this a political issue, and it's not. It's a moral issue. And we're called... Uh, you know, to, to share the law and the gospel. And, and sometimes we have to remind people that the law has been broken so that they can understand and receive the gift of the gospel. So I think we, for a pastor, stop thinking about it, that, that you're causing strife. What you're causing maybe is a person to come forth and confess the sins that, they, that, that are, they're burdened with. So change the perspective. Be bold. Be bold. Um, this is, we are the last voice. The church is the last voice that is speaking out against what our culture is doing. And if they don't hear it from the pulpit, they are not going to hear it from any place else. So what do you, would you say is kind of the long-term outlook of uh, the pro-life movement? You know, as you mentioned, um, there's a lot of cultural forces out there that are not on our side, but uh, of all the many issues, say that churches might get involved in on a moral level, ab abortion seems to be the one where 
um, there's still a lot of people willing to speak out and make a difference. So what would you say is really kind of, or what do you think is kind of like the, just the outlook of the pro-life movement? I think there's always going to be this remnant, this remnant that will speak out um, the truth of what, uh, of the scriptures. There's this remnant that will continue to speak. Um, you know, we, we pray that the day will come when, it, when, when our government steps up and, and realizes that this needs to be outlawed. But even if it's outlawed, um, there's still going to be the crisis of, of, of unwanted pregnancies or um, there's still going to be the crisis of what do I do with, with, with an aged parent. So the, the church and the right to life movement, irregardless of what happens in the, in, in the government, always needs to be the advocate. And yeah, we may be the lone voice in the, in the desert crying out, but we still have to cry out. It's our duty. All right. Uh, that's uh, wonderful. Um, anything else that you wanted to talk about or address? Um, just uh, as we begin a new year, um, you know, we get to start the new year with um, uh, thinking about life. We have Life Sunday. We have the march in D.C. We have the march in Lansing. Um, there are people who will take the day and, and um, participate in these things, um, talk about them, be excited about them, attend them. This is the one way. We live in a wonderful country where our votes matter. They should. Um, and, and the and the opportunity to demonstrate, to protest, or to march. Um, and we should embrace that. It's a God-given freedom. Thanks for listening to our interview with Pastor Sam Waters of Living Word Church in Plymouth, Michigan. As Pastor Sam mentioned, we have our Lansing March for Life coming up on Wednesday, January 27th at 1 p.m. at the Capitol. Please make sure, if you are able, that you attend that and we send a strong message about the value of life uh, for the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday coming up and the annual memorial of Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful weekend. Have a happy new year.